Hi, Mark. Hi, Brad. Well, don't you look scrumptious? Uh, I am scrumptious. Yeah, you are. You are scrumptious. <laughs> Charming, delightful. Charming and delightful. All of the above. Delight. Modest. <laughs> I'm Mark Schaefer. And I'm Brad Burkadall. We're two friends fascinated by all things Elvis. Elvis Presley was more than a blue-eyed, handsome man. He was a complex character who remains one of the most beloved entertainment icons in the world. Brad, is there anything that hasn't been said, that hasn't been seen, that hasn't been heard about Elvis Presley? I know there's a lot, because we spend a lot of time talking about it. We sure do, and we figured it was time to invite more people to the party. If you share our burning love for the king of rock and roll, you came to the right place. Welcome to Memphis Flash. So Elvis Week starts pretty soon here in Memphis. It's a big year for Elvis, Mark, is it not? I mean, come on. Yeah, this will be a big one. 45 years. So, you know, when they have a five or a zero on the end. They're right. It's, it's, a, it's a big celebration. They've, there's a lot going on. And uh, with the movie newly released, it's <laughs> El, the name Elvis is it's new to a lot of people uh, in homes around the world now. I love that. I do, too. It's kind of weird to think that, though. I mean, we've yeah. been fans so long. We think everybody's into, you know, at least knows of Elvis. But yeah, didn't. And then this well, movie comes along. It's gross. Uh, what over two hundred million? Am I right about that? Or yeah, it was like two hundred eleven million behind uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Doing very well. I saw it twice. How many times have you seen it, Mark? Well, I took my mom last week, and that made four times. And my wife wants to see it again, so it's still in town. So we're uh, going to go tomorrow, I guess. So wow, five times. I, I saw it twice with my wife, and she went by her well with another friend. Uh, to see it for a third time she's got me beat and you got me beat so i've got to get into gear and i've got to go see it again you get with the program brad i know i know again speaking of elvis week i have some exciting news i've uh, assembled a show and i will be performing with my big band august 10th at a place called the circuit playhouse in memphis tennessee there'll be 10 of us up there we have a horn section wonderful female backup singers one of them being my beautiful wife, Anna Marie Burkadal, who uh, produces this podcast. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's actually, if you guys uh, know much about Elvis, the Circuit Playhouse now, it's a performance theater. But what it used to be was the Memphian Theater, which is what Elvis made famous for renting out as a movie. It was a movie theater. So he would rent it out to watch movies in the 60s and through the 70s. So yeah. it has a huge Elvis connection. He was famous for that. Yeah, he would rent out a lot of movie theaters because, of course, he was nocturnal. He was a rock star. He going to do a lot in the daytime. So it wasn't uncommon for him at 12 a.m. to say, hey, let's go see Cool Hand Luke. Could get about 40, 50 people together and he just have a little party there, you know, good, good, clean fun watching those movies, you know. And uh, they they give tours too. They give Elvis tours there during uh, Elvis week and uh, birthday week as well. And uh, all their info is at playhouseonthesquare.org. You can get all the info you need for that establishment as well as my concert on August 10th. You can also phone 901-726-4656 to get tickets. You can get tickets by phone or by that website. And it's the Circuit Playhouse that shows August 10th. And Mark, I also have another one on August 14th at the Hard Rock Cafe on Beale Street, which was the original location of Lansky Brothers Clothing. However, sadly, it's sold out. Not that's good for oh. me, but good for me, but sad for the folks who can't come to it. But yeah. so your chance, there's some availability for the August 10th show. You can check it out if you're coming to Memphis or if you live in Memphis, if you listen to this podcast, if you can make to it. To be clear, it's a it's Elvis songs. All Elvis, all Elvis stuff. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's not just the the hits, it's the big fans love to hear it. Yeah. Don't, 
don't get to very often. Yeah, a lot of B-sides, a lot of things he would do live. We're covering, you know, the three decades that he was making music. And what there's over 700 songs that he recorded. So we're we're not doing that many because we got to do this in 90 minutes. But, you know, we've, right. we're, we're trying to make it feel like it at least. So well, that'll be a hot, hot band and a hot show. I can't wait to see it. I, I just wanted to mention I, our guest, Paul Sweeney. Yeah. Uh, who was on uh, a couple episodes ago. He was the author of Elvis and Toronto book. I, I had dinner with him last week and he's got to know him. Great guy. He has a, a new grandbaby that was born in Des Moines, Iowa. And so I was nearby. So we, we had supper together. And uh, I just wanted to mention uh, he uh, will have what's left of those books. And that's a great book, the Elvis Live in Toronto, those 300, it's hardcover, 300 pictures, most never seen before, the vast majority never seen before. He will be at the Elvis convention on Brooks Road during Elvis week. So uh, listen to that podcast. And uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to him and a great guy and a great book. Great. Well, in talking about this movie, this episode, we wanted to focus on whether uh, you're a new fan. I, I guess this is kind of for the new fan, right? Someone who's just discovered Elvis. Yeah, we thought, you know, okay, there's so many people seeing this movie, and many of whom are young people or people who never, you know, knew that much about Elvis, apparently. Uh, we thought, well, there's so much in this movie, and that new fan might be interested in, well, where did that come from in the movie, and where do I see the real thing, and where... Brad and I, as much as we like the movie, we're really into the real thing. So mm -hmm. we thought this would be kind of a, a good opportunity to capture these new fans and uh, give them information on where to, where, as we go through the movie, where to go to see where that came from. And right. And it's, uh, as we saw it together, it's, it was fun because you and I, without looking at each other, we'd see a suit. We know exactly what it was from. We, we knew what what documentary they might be uh, given a nod to or whatever it was. We just knew they did it right. So like you said, we're here to tell you where you can see the real thing, where they got yeah. all that stuff from. Yeah. So if you're a longtime fan, this will be a review, but we're going to leave stuff out. So if you want to email us and uh, the next show, we'll give more information. But we have quite a long list to go through, I think. So, uh, well, Mark, hit it, man. Tell me what you got. Just trying to remember the movie chronologically as best I could. So, and I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen the movie, but at the beginning of the movie, the colonel uh, is depicted in the, the hospital and uh, Stevie Nicks is singing Cotton Candy Land. Who'd she sing that with? Uh, with Chris Isaac. They do it. Chris Isaac, yeah. right. They reworked the song Cotton Candy Land from an Elvis movie called It, it Happened at the World's Fair. In the movie, he's singing it to this little girl. The original lyric was the Sandman's coming. Is that in a minor key now? They, they, uh, yeah, they, yeah, yes, yeah. And uh, the Sandman became the Snowman. The Snowman's the Colonel. And it became this kind of a spooky song, which I just think is really cool. But if you want to see where that came from, the song is Cotton Candy Land. It happened at the World's Fair, 1962 movie. Right. I have that uh, soundtrack on vinyl. Mark, that was a gift from you. That's right. I do. So I've got I've got it downstairs near my record player. Does, I may listen oh, to that tonight. And this is awkward. I you thought that I was uh, lending that to you. Oh, geez, you want it back? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's to be borrowed. Okay. <laughs> what about the scratches? Ooh, well, there's no scratches. I don't remember those. Uh, oh, okay. You, they didn't come with scratches. You're not careful with your vinyl, huh? Uh, I wasn't playing frisbee or anything, but you know, maybe well, a little mishap. No, no, no. That was for you. You. I'm glad okay. You're, sorry, you scratched it. Well, well, side two is okay. <laughs> okay. So far. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, that's, uh, that's Cotton Candy Land. And then moving through the movie, uh, Elvis 
goes right into the the hayride years and Elvis and that's the pink suit and mm-hmm. like we hear that's all right on the record the right. real that's all right and then he sings baby let's play house he sure does if somebody wants to know where that came from well those are the sun sessions that was Elvis was that son for about a year and a half recording and then he was, his contract was sold to RCA the definitive set on that is a, called a boy from Tupelo of the book and the three CD set it's outstanding as far as the sun years go it might be hard to find now but there's a an album series on Elvis's first album Elvis Presley the first album is an RCA album but they have songs from sun and this this documentary is really good and it's basically a son and RCA documentary. Right. Yeah. That's the one with Keith Richards. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Keith Richards is, you know, well, he's famous as saying when everybody wanted to be Elvis Presley, I wanted to be Scotty Moore, you know, who was obviously Elvis's right. guitar player in the 50s, you know. Right. He said everything went from black and white to technicolor with Elvis. So. I love that. That's amazing. Moving right along through the movie, Elvis sings. Well, uh, let me back up. He does Hound Dog on the Milton Berle show. And sadly, the Milton Berle show, the Dorsey Brothers TV shows, those 1956 shows have never really, and Steve Allen, where he sang to the dog, uh, have never really been properly released. You know, they're, they're out there. You can find them excerpts on YouTube, but there's never been an official release on these. And parts have been re- uh, released officially, but it's just a shame that they haven't been properly preserved and proper package put out maybe if there ever was a chance i would think this would be the chance now well and you know it's you mentioned that and, and think about when that ed sullivan that package came out yeah where everything was restored and it almost looked like video so yeah. when you really look at it mm. but it's as if you were there in the 50s in black and white yeah. but i mean you know these things i guess is it called kinescope back then when they would basically right. film film the they, f- uh, they filmed a tv screen yeah, line. that's that's how you got that stuff. That's how we see that stuff. But somehow, yeah, the way they the, the way they've restored it on the Ed Sullivan stuff would be great if they did it with Milton Berle, as you're saying, or um, Steve Allen. I mean, how and clean would that look? You know? Yeah, and the Dorseys. Yeah. yeah, I'm not talking about colorizing it, but just is it getting it as clean as you know they got it with Ed Sullivan. But yeah, right. that would be oh Dorsey, because I know you've showed me some things on YouTube. You're like, look at how clean this Dorsey brothers, and it's just a little bit of someone did something with one of these clips. Yeah, the, the, I think it's the first. I think the intention was to restore all the Dorsey shows, and that probably probably came down to money. But those Milton Berle, Steve Allen, again, they're available on YouTube. The Milton Berle, uh, Elvis did in April on the uh, deck of the USS Hancock, which was a ship in the port in San Diego, and then he did it from NBC Studios in June of '56, and that's. The June show is when he did Hound Dog. This depicted in the movie. That's all on uh, on YouTube, along with some a little uh, humor skits he did with Milton Berle that were pretty good. Oh right, right. Well, where Milton Berle played Melvin Presley. That was Wait. the first show, and then okay, the gotcha. Show with Milton Berle, Elvis did Hound Dog. This depicted in the movie. Right, right, right. And then of course that show was controversial because you know Elvis was supposedly sexually charged, Brad. He was, and uh, uh, the teenage girls, and, and let's face it, the mothers too really liked what they saw. So, <laughs> and you, you just weren't seeing a lot of that. Listen, TV was a new thing back then. If you had a TV, you were doing well. You know what I'm saying? You were middle yeah. class, upper middle class. You had a television. What did you do when you got home from work? 
you maybe had a TV dinner. That was kind of the big thing in the mid fifties. The family sitting there, dad comes home, he's smoking his pipe and say, uh, this kid with the greasy hair gets on and he's singing about a dog and moving around. What the heck is going on? What have I witnessed? So it just made everyone go, well, it didn't make people go nuts in certain ways, you know, but, and here we are talking about it, you know, over 60 years later, Mark. That's right. Those girls had feelings they didn't know they should have. (laughs) No, they didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So then that, you know, a lot of current controversy. And then a few weeks later, Elvis was on the Steve Allen show. And that's when they put him in the tux as depicted in the movie. He had to mm-hmm. sing to the dog. He did not like singing to the dog. Check it out on YouTube. He also did uh, I Want You, I Need You, I Love You, right? Yeah, he sure did. The thing with Steve Allen, he wasn't happy with that. And that night, actually, he went on a, another show called High Gardener Calling. So that would have been July 1st, 1956. And it was uh, about a nine minute interview, which is on YouTube. They talk about the Steve Allen show and and Elvis says that he really enjoyed himself, but you can kind of tell he didn't. Well, and it goes to show you, we've talked about, you know, Elvis, the humble Southern boy, but it just shows you how polite he was. Yeah. He did not, did not like singing to that dog. He's quoted as saying it's the first time he felt that he sold out. Yeah. Yes, Elvis was a rebel, but you know what, man? It was the business. He had to do it. You know, what was he going to do? Cause a scene? He could have, but what good would that do? You know, right. but you're right. He says it. And what's remarkable, if you all check this out, we're going to put this on our social media page, on our Facebook page. Look up Memphis slash podcast on Facebook. It'll be there. With technology back then, it's a split screen. I mean, it's kind of a big deal. You know, you've got yeah, Elvis on one side and you got High Gardener on the other side. Right. And Elvis's hair is so shiny. Like whatever he's using in it, it's such cool footage because he's so cool. He's got his hand on his forehead and his little spit curls just kind of dangling. <laughs> and you can still see some of the makeup he's got on. It's like, man, yeah. that is that to me. That was more dangerous, I think, looking at that than him gyrating on TV. Think about it. He just looked like a total rebel, you know? Yeah, he does. He looks so, like, kind of like a badass. Some badassery was going on there. Badassery was going yeah. on. Knowing the backstory, watching High Gardner was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, people should check it out. Hi, Gardner calling. Hi, Gardner calling. Uh, we mentioned the Ed Sullivan show, not depicted in the movie, right? No, it wasn't. Ed Sullivan was not. I bet you they shot some Ed Sullivan stuff. I bet they did. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know there's a lot of stuff they shot, but you can't get it all in. And, and this movie's two and a half hours. And I've heard there's like a four hour version somewhere floating around. So the Ed Sullivan show, uh, he did three shows, September, October, and January 57. Yeah. And- and those are restored and available, and they do look great. It's cool. You can watch just Elvis, or you can watch the whole shows. And if, if you do watch the whole shows, Elvis just sticks out like a sore thumb. He's so different than... Than anything else that's going on, yeah. Yeah, it just seems so much more modern. And to see Elvis in context like that, you can kind of tell more how different he was. And then uh, highly recommend his four movies from the 50s. Again, I don't think there was any reference to those. I don't think there was any reference to his movies in the 50s. They kind of... Yeah, there's some great scenes. Uh, Love Me Tender, first movie, Loving You, which was in widescreen Technicolor. Yeah, the first time he saw Elvis in color was Loving You, wasn't it? That was when the public saw him in color. Yeah. Right. Uh, Jailhouse Rock, you know, some iconic songs in there. And then... This last movie before the army was King Creole. And that brings us backwards to Rustwood Park. Yep. Uh, July 4th, 1956, which was a big part of the movie. That's one of those deals where they time compress, you know, they're moving along a story. So that's where right. I was in trouble. Well, he did the movie in 1958 in the Elvis movie, 2022 movie. 
that takes place in 56. So, you know, it's an anachronism and, but it's to make a point. And you know what, you know what, Mark, I was totally fine with that. I got, you know, I saw like a, and I know you were too, but it's like, you know what, again, it's a movie and showing kind of the rep that rebel Elvis, you know, like New York wasn't going to change him. None is what he said. Right. Something to that effect. Right. Which really did happen. And so singing Um, trouble is perfect for the movie. So it it fit. Yeah. And I just saw this on YouTube and We'll find it. We'll put this up too. Somebody did a great job taking the original photographs from that show, mixing it with the movie. There is a short piece of film from that show of the real Elvis in color. They included that in this YouTube offering. It's really, really well done. Everybody should should see that. Going into the 60s, as far as the movies go, they really, again, didn't spend a lot of time on the movies. They did kind of that kind of a Viva Las Vegas looking yeah. Walk through the bus, mm-hmm. which was a kind of an interesting way to tell the story of the movies. I mean, I guess he didn't think there was uh, much difference through that time period, 60 through 68. You know, Elvis was busy making movies and that's what they right. did in, in that song. But, uh, you know, if you're just getting into Elvis, you want to check out the movies. We t- talked about the first four, but I would say Viva Las Vegas is a must for a new fan. Right. right. Blue Hawaii. We just watched Blue Hawaii the other night, my wife and I. It's uh, really? well, it's you know what's funny? Uh, they now are like on on all the apps like Amazon Prime and everything. They're going mm-hmm. to Elvis nuts. Like all the movies where you can see the movies now. It's like mm-hmm. it wasn't really like that before. You know, you mm-hmm. might find a couple or had to buy one, but you know, we are like, oh, let's watch Blue Hawaii. There's there's kissing cousins. There's whatever you know. So it's it's, it's happening, man. He's back. Well, I heard uh, he added two million subscribers on spotify is yeah that- you you told me that the other day yeah we're That's on spotify awesome. by the way everybody so if you have that you can listen to us on spotify you might be doing that right now in the in the uh, elvis movie they show elvis singing a little less conversation that's from the movie live a little love a little you can see what that really looked like that was kind of cool they just actually put elvis's face or i mean austin butler's face on elvis's body and the whole scene that yeah that was just- like one of those deep deep fakes or whatever that was yeah, pretty cool fake. yeah that was neat. Kind of in reverse, in a way. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there were some other movies. Uh, I thought I always liked Flaming Star. I think we talked about that in a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I love the movie Girl Happy. That's that's yeah. just a personal favorite of mine. So I think tick, tick, at, Tickleby's good, too. Tickleby's Tickleby, great. Yeah. Good soundtrack. And it happened at the World's Fair. That's kind yep. of a fun one. And uh, Follow That Dream. So, you know, there are a lot of movies from the 60s. They're light. They're fun. If you're uh, a new fan, you, you might want to check those out. A lot of time spent with the 68 comeback special. Yes. Of all things, Elvis, that and that's the way it is are probably my favorites. Yeah, tops. Um, lots available on the 68 comeback special. Almost virtually every take is available on video. Oh, yeah. I mean, was it the 40th anniversary when they had the big the box set come out with all the outtakes and everything? Was that the 40th? It was 2004. Okay, so so what anniversary was it? Uh, not not the 40th. I'm not good at math. Well, I guess it's 30. <laughs> I never excelled at that. 36 years later, I guess. Oh, okay. So there, but that was the one with I have it, but it's the one with Bones Howe, is it? Uh yeah. Who's get and they, they create that in the movie, you know. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And now Elvis Presley, they want you to, you know, cheer and all the stuff, you know. So yeah, kind of warming up the crowd. Little build-up stuff and yeah, uh, it's cool. And you know, we talked about that a number of times, but you if you haven't seen the real thing and then you go to the real thing and you'll see that the recreation was amazing right down to the audience members to the audience members and what they're wearing and and that i call them a, you know the elvis's guitar amp is in the corner there and there's yep. a there's a guy young guy i call mm-hmm. him 
like a teddy boy. I think that's the right term. Yeah, like like an English rockabilly cat. Yeah. Even the way he clapped, he he clapped kind of horizontally. Yeah, I mean just I mean and this actor, whoever. Yeah, they the well because they watched the footage. They said, "Hey, man, if we're going to do this, we've, yeah. we've come this far, right?" <laughs> right. Matter of fact, speaking of sixty-eight, Mark, if you like this podcast and want to hear more episodes, we actually had the pleasure of interviewing Steve Bender, who was the director and producer of the 68 comeback special. So um, check that out. On that episode, we talked about how Elvis was so nervous when he started to sing in Heartbreak Hotel during the rock and roll medley. His right hand is shaking as it approaches the microphone. And Austin Butler does the same thing. It's really the good. Thing. The album, the uh, soundtrack album is great to the, the 68 comeback special, the, you know, the original, but then the, everything's available. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just... It's out there. So it's out there. The jam session shows, the stand-up shows. the, the And it's all in living color. In living color. Another neat thing, uh, the If I Can Dream, the iconic If I Can Dream song. He yeah. did that three times. Yes. And you see, if you get the set, you see him do it all three times. There's just a ton of material out there. So if you like that part, you're really going to be pleasantly surprised with all that's out there. And then you move into... 1969, Elvis getting back on stage at the International. A lot of that was depicted from 1970, right. a movie called That's the Way It Is. That's available in two versions, the original version, and then it was recut in, I think it was 2000. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anniversary. Some people like the original version better, or some like the new version, but to have both is great. So yeah, I like it all. Yeah, it's yeah, I do too. And, and to me, the cleaner the better, honestly. I mean, if you can see it, clean up the film yeah. or whatever. I mean, you and, know, and they did. It, you can't go wrong, you know. Right. A lot of what you see on stage depicted in Las Vegas is from that's the way it is, from rehearsals to yeah, to the actual staging of it. So that would be a must see, right? Yeah, well, that's a must see. And you know, there's no footage of, of rehearsals for 69. There's nothing, no mm-hmm. audio of rehearsals. I mean, just how awesome would that have been? I mean, now, of course, it's, I mean, I mean, we they never did it, but I mean, could you imagine if something surfaced oh, film good. or audio? We know there was no cameras, but I mean, for the 69, but then, but, but do we, I don't know. You yeah, know? we don't know. I, mean, okay, I can't really say, so, it, you know. It makes perfect sense that they would have recorded their rehearsals in 1969. Oh, audio, at least something, yeah. you know? Yeah. Some, yeah. Somebody's got a tape, I bet. Somebody. We know there's stuff in private private party's hands there's probably stuff at sure graceland i know and lisa's even said some stuff has to be mine you know which i get that's perfectly all right but that just goes to show you that there is stuff out there i mean the fact that i live in memphis i mean i've always wondered and i but honestly i i am not even a mile maybe a mile from overton park where the overton park shell is i've always told mark man there's some attic somewhere here in memphis or someone's got a bunch of pictures in a rubber band with Elvis's first performance. I mean, because as we know, over to Park Shell, the only pictures of Elvis there are backstage. Point being that there is a lot of stuff out there. You just never know what you're going to run into. It seems like every every week there's a new picture. I got friends that send me a new piece of footage or at least a new picture. Sometimes on YouTube, you'll see new footage. Right. A lot of pictures were taken of Elvis and I think a lot of audio too and film. So uh, you're right about that. What you got next, Mark? Well, on my list here, uh, another thing that the new fans should check out is Elvis on tour. That's 1972, his spring concert tour. There is uh, actual footage from that time in the movie. Yeah, there Uh, is. They did a great job doing that. Yeah. And uh, it looks, you know, some of it's pretty grainy looking, but I think that could look a lot better. But they, in fact, at one point uh, they used 
Elvis from uh, Madison Square Garden of June of 72. Mm -hmm. And on the screen, on the left side of the screen was Elvis and the right side was Austin Butler. And that was in the beginning, wasn't it? I think in the blue suit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was cool. That, that was like, whoa, this is awesome. I mean, when that when that happened, that was like, wow. Yeah, so you got the real thing and Elvis. And, uh, yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, Austin Butler and looked very good. That was a 72 uh, and professionally was a good year for Elvis. He had Burning Love and... He recorded some Always on My Mind, played Madison Square Garden, four sold-out shows. In his prime as a touring act around the country. I mean, he had stints in Vegas, but he was, it was Elvis on tour. I mean, that's what it's called. And yeah. they show, I mean, from the plane, you know, from the limo to the plane to rehearsal, it showed that rock star schedule. And they even do a really cool montage of Elvis in the 50s, like 56 Another thing not depicted in the movie very much was Aloha from Hawaii. They they alluded to it. They did briefly, but I mean, they did a great job of doing it. I bet Aloha was such a huge milestone in his career, yeah. also in the music industry yeah. and TV industry. But that's, again, that's available. Graceland owns, or e, Graceland or EPE owns, Elvis Presley Enterprise owns uh, the 68 special mm -hmm. uh, and... Uh, Aloha from Hawaii. So they also put out as much as they had of Aloha, a rehearsal show, the actual show. Yeah. And some behind the scenes stuff. So I would say for the new fan, that's a, a must too. Uh, that's, that's a must. You know, we've, we've discussed um, the rehearsal show. You know, when I was a kid, Mark, I've had a friend in, uh, I guess maybe it was seventh grade. He was from Hawaii. His dad was an Elvis fan. And I remember, you know, they would like play Aloha from Hawaii on PBS or whatever on TV. You know, you, you could see it every now and then. And right. um, he had this VHS of the alternate, which is the rehearsal concert. And I had never seen that. I had heard it because there was a tape. I said tape too, by the way, that I had. And, but I'd never seen it. And it was different camera angles. He looks different because his hair is a little longer. It's just interesting. It's just, I like to say it's the same, but different. But um, he also, I think he saw some of that footage and he thought, man, I should probably get a haircut for the yep. broadcast. And he did. He, he cut, his hair was pretty long. In the, yeah, it was long. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but it was kind of neat when I first saw that. I'm like, well, what's this? I really recommend see the alternate Aloha, they call it. That's the rehearsal and the original or, or the, the one that aired. I mean, it's, yeah. it's great. It's like two concerts, basically. It looks good. It's, it's video. So, what, what, you know, video opposed to film, when you see video, it's really as if you're there. Like, it's probably the closest you would get to seeing what Elvis looked like, you know, like maybe in person, mm -hmm. you know, which mm -hmm. is kind of neat. That's the way I look at it because I never had that chance. Another thing from that time frame that was not depicted that has always fascinated me is when Elvis met Nixon. Mm -hmm. And uh, there is a movie called Elvis and Nixon with Michael Shannon as Elvis and Kevin Spacey as Nixon. Nixon. And I really like that movie. It's funny. Yeah. It's, it's funny. And I think Michael Shannon does a good job. He I, does. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. He doesn't look like Elvis. No, he doesn't. It wasn't supposed to. I mean, it was just, yeah. it was the story. And Michael yeah. Shannon is such a great actor, you know, that, I mean. Yeah, yeah but he, he got that kind of quiet, cool factor thing going yeah. in the movie. And so tell you this real quick. Uh, when I was performing on Beale Street, when they were filming that, and Jerry Schilling had brought Michael Shannon, not to see my show, they happened to be there. So I was playing at Blue City Cafe. In walks Jerry Schilling and Michael Shannon. I knew who Michael Shannon was because I was a big fan of Boardwalk Empire. So when that was out and uh, he got up and wanted to sing, he goes, hey, uh, can I sing Dead Flowers? By or asked if I knew it by the Rolling Stones. He said, man, I've heard it, but I don't know it. But said, but you're welcome to play my guitar. So Michael Shannon played my guitar and sang Dead Flowers. Good one, Brad. 
Uh, and speaking of Jerry Schilling, okay, who's Jerry Schilling? He was a friend of Elvis's. They met when, he, how old was, was he? Was he 14? Yeah, he was about maybe six years younger than Elvis, five, six years younger. Okay, so yeah. uh, Elvis records That's All Right Mama, plays on the radio. And that night, young Jerry Schilling is listening. Mm -hmm. A few days later, he's playing football with the older boys and the quarterback is Elvis. Yeah, North Memphis. Yeah, and so they're, uh, that's how they became friends. To this day, uh, Jerry Schilling's still involved with, in the Elvis world, but he, he went on to be successful in his own right. And yeah, he's, I mean. He, uh, was he tour manager for the Beach Boys? Billy and Billy Joel. Joel. And he's, uh, he's had a pretty incredible life. If we're recommending books. His book, I, I just really enjoyed his book. It's really, it's called Me and a Guy Named Elvis, right? Yeah. yeah. Great, and, great book. Get yeah, that book, that, that would be one. And speaking of books, should we just mention some books for the new fan? To, sure, to... go for it, man. You want to talk about the uh, Peter Goralnik books? Yeah, there are two uh, Peter Goralnik books, Last Train to Memphis and Careless Love. Last Train to Memphis goes from Elvis's birth till he's in the army, right? Till he goes right. into the army. Uh-huh. And then the Careless Love is the rest of his life, and they're just great books. And I think, you know, those came out, if I remember right, about the time the King of Rock and Roll box set came out. And people like late 90s. Taking, yeah, mid to late uh, 90s. 92 or so. Yeah. And I think people started taking Elvis more seriously because he mm -hmm. was, you know, let's face it, he was, a lot of people poked a lot of fun at Elvis. They did. Yeah. This, you know, and this is only, not, this is still when the books came out, he wasn't even dead 20 years, you know, think right, about that. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and then, you know, and he had Garalnik with the books, and then uh, Ernst Jorgensen cleaning up mm -hmm. the Elvis catalog, and the King of Rock and Roll box that come out came out. Yeah. You know, just fabulous. Yeah. So that, the timing was really good. So all of those things are really great for the new fan to uh, check out. And speaking hey. of Ernst Jorgensen, he did a book called uh, "Life in Music: The Complete Recording Sessions." So yeah. <laughs> really getting into really in depth. That's a good book. That's still available. You can't forget about George Klein, Elvis's best buddy. He uh, had a book uh, called Elvis, My Best Man. It's a great book as well. I mean, these are guys that were in it, like Jerry Schilling and George mm -hmm. Klein. They were they were there, you know? I mean, get that George Klein book as well. And George was a super cool dude. He really was neat. He was a DJ on Elvis Radio too, the satellite uh, Oh, yeah. Channel. I always yeah. enjoyed his stories. He had great stories. So if you were to recommend uh, music collections, you know. Oh, that's tough. Well, the, the King of Rock and Roll box set covered the 50s. The, there is a 60s box set. There is. The 70s. Yep. Uh, if you can find them. Get, get those. Yeah, yeah, just, you know what? The catalog. I mean, cover all three of those decades, you know, and then you're going to find other things, you know. You know, 30 number one hits, of course, that close to Elvis's biggest seller, probably the Christmas album and that one. If you don't want to spend a lot of money, that's a nice little beginner, <laughs> a starter yeah. set, you know. Yeah, if you he just has want all the hits. hits. Yeah. Yeah, if you just want the hits. You know? uh, I mentioned Boy from Tupelo. Some of Elvis's greatest albums were Elvis's Back. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back from the, we've talked about that before, back from the Army. From Elvis, Elvis in Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, yeah, we said it at the same time, man. That's right. Yep, yeah. that's the one. Elvis Country. That's a great record. That was what you, I guess, maybe you call a concept album. Um, yeah, it was, it was probably the closest thing to a concept album. Yeah, it was neat. It's, it's really called Elvis Country. I was born about 10,000 years ago. And it's a running theme in the record. I'm not going to tell you what the theme is, but you'll get it when you get it. So, and if you have a record player, get the record. Yeah. Oh, I have it. So many people have record players again. So, man, really, you should listen to a lot of the stuff on, on vinyl. Um, but if not, 
whatever. Do what you got to do. Elvis's first album, Elvis Presley. You know, there's so many. I mentioned the Elvis TV special. Elvis in person, 1969. That's a great live record. And Madison Square Garden, when I was a kid. Mm, get that. If you, you, want a, you want a live concert that's just going to hit you in the face and keep you <laughs> wanting the- more? Elvis was so excited, you know, to to play New York City. He always he played New York a lot, but New York City, man, it's the only time he ever played it live, whether when it wasn't on TV, right? So mm-hmm. in the 50s. So 72, mm-hmm. he sells out four shows. Who's in attendance? David Bowie. Uh, wasn't Paul Simon there? Um, yeah. John Fogarty was there. Uh, George yeah. Harrison. And he knew it. He Elvis knew it. These are cats that really got their start because Elvis influenced. I mean, other people influenced him too, but Elvis was one of their main guys. And here Elvis is thinking, well, these guys who are kind of new on the scene are here to see me. I can't screw this up. What does Elvis do? Man, that concert was fast. It was yeah. was it was just a little faster. And he sang mm-hmm. so well and hard. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, just great. If you're a new fan and you look at all that stuff, you're going to be busy for a while. You are. We're just doing this to help you out because. Mark and I, we have a lot of, we have all the stuff kind of at our fingertips. We kind of know where to go. And if you guys, uh, if you want to ask us any more questions, feel free to email us at memphisflashpodcast at gmail.com. Again, also remember, I have a show here in Memphis. If you're going to be here for Elvis week, it's August 10th at the Circuit Playhouse, 51 South Cooper Street, which is the original Memphian theater where Elvis used to watch movies. He'd run out the theater. For tickets, you can dial 901-726-4656 or purchase them online at playhouseonthesquare.org. Memphis Flash will be right back, but first, a word from our sponsor. Well, Brad, I know you like to shop like a king and dress like a rock star. I sure do, Mark, and when I do, I go to Lansky Brothers Clothing at the historic Peabody Hotel in Memphis, Tennessee. They've had an iconic style since 1946. This is where Elvis Presley shopped, Jerry Lee Lewis, Johnny Cash, Carl Perkins, and the list goes on. Oh, it goes on today. There's rock stars still shopping there. Brad, you don't have to be a rock star to shop at Lansky's. You'll look like one if you do. But Yes, you will. The clothes are so great. I don't dress real flashy. And I've gotten quite a few things, even shoes at Lansky's. My wife and I would like to go to Lansky's in the Peabody, and then we like to go get a drink and sit there in the atrium and people watch. It's just, that's a nice outing. It know? is. I mean, and those shoes you have, do they happen to be blue and suede by chance? They are. They are oh, blue suede that. shoes from Mr. Lansky. You know, I bought a winter coat there, a light jacket, even handkerchiefs. And uh, they've got that cologne, uh, Linnell cologne. They do. I've had that. It's gone. I went through a bottle in about a year, but hey, <laughs> The That's what Elvis stuff. wore. That's and what Elvis got wore, man. You, you got, got to. Lansky's and you can too. It's a cool place to go. It sure is, Mark. Make sure if you're in Memphis, you go to Lansky Brothers at the Peabody Hotel on Union Avenue. If you're not, go to www.lanskybrothers.com. Shop like a king, dress like a rock star. Iconic style since 1946. And now, back to the show. And now it's time for a little segment we like to call, Did You Hear That? This is what I think I got, Mark. I got this for you. I called you the other day. I said, man, I think I heard something. Now, Mark and I have spoke before about how Elvis would use a kind of a handheld mic in the studio. And typically, you know, there's a boom mic that's hanging from the ceiling or whatever. You don't have to touch anything just so you don't make any noise. Well, Elvis liked to hold it in his hand. Pretty sure the song Power of My Love, recorded in Memphis, Tennessee, 1969, American Studios on Danny Thomas and Chelsea Avenue. At three seconds, right when the the song starts, we're going to have this on our social media, right at about three seconds, you hear what I think is a ring or a bracelet or something hitting the mic. 
Just listen closely. Mm. It's got to be some of Elvis's bling. Got to yeah, be. Probably. Yeah. I'm not sure of it, but I just kind of got a hunch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Kind of got cool. a hunch. You know. Oh. So um. Yeah, let's listen for that. Yeah, let's let's give that a listen. And this will, again, this will all be on our social media, Memphis slash podcast on Facebook. And now it's time for a little segment we like to call Did You See That? So this is cool, Mark, because we were talking about we were talking about that's the way it is. And uh um there's some really cool footage of well, the song Patch It Up was a song written by Eddie Rabbit, who also penned uh, Kentucky Rain for Elvis. Mm-hmm. The song Patch It Up is a really cool live song that they only really did in 1970, as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's feats, I think it's like featured in, in That's the Way It Is. Well, on YouTube, there's some footage of Elvis rehearsing Patch It Up. If you look closely on his wrist, you will see what look like white wristbands. But remember, mm-hmm. we're in 1970, not 1983, right? So they're, why, why would they be wristbands? Well, they're mm-hmm. actually weights. And Mark, you explained this to me. How come he was wearing weights on his wrists and also on his ankles in rehearsal? He's trying to lose weight. And uh, also part of it is when he's used to to moving in a certain manner with the weights. On yeah. Him, and you pull them off. There's even it's even more energy. Yeah, there, exactly. It's, it's even easier. It's easier. Right. It's, it, it was it was a workout routine, you know, but. Yeah. So yeah, these are some really cool things we like to show everybody. There are so many things out there pertaining to Elvis, whether it's visual, audio, and we're here just to try to find it all. If it's out there, we want to tell y'all what it's about. And uh, we'd like to open up the Memphis Slash mailbag right now. And uh, this lovely letter comes from a woman named Madeline. She says, good evening, Mark, Brad, and Anna. I just wanted to say thank you for the fantastic podcast. I'm a young Elvis fan and have really enjoyed it. I have learned so many fun new facts. You guys are doing a superb job at keeping his legacy alive. I would love to hear more from fans that were able to go to some of his live concerts. Hearing from Steve Borelli was a treat. Almost felt like I was there experiencing it too. I recently found out that my husband's grandmother was at one of his last concerts here in Springfield, Missouri in 1977. It is so fascinating to hear those stories. I also want to say that I love the did you see that and did you hear that? Well, how about that, Mark? Anyway... Keep up the amazing work. Look forward to the next episode. Signed, Madeline. Well, this is what we're talking about, y'all. If you got a letter or something um, you really enjoyed that we do, tell us about it. Give us ideas uh, for shows. Heck, if you want to be on the show, let us know. Uh, you know, we, we, we'll interview you. Right, Mark? Right. And I thank you afraid. for that nice letter, Madeline. That was yeah, very nice. Thanks, Madeline. Hey, Brad, I do have a, did you see that? Letter rip, baby. Okay. Uh, in the movie. But, but wait, Mark, how do we, how do we open this? And now it's time for. Did you see that? There you Again. go. All right. Now and now Very you can good. do. It. And now you can do it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the movie, uh, when Elvis moves the family into Graceland, they're moving mm-hmm. all the stuff, and the and Gladys is shooing out the chickens and all that. There's a real brief scene in there, real couple seconds, if that. It's either two blenders or two mixers. I'm not sure which. Uh, but there's a story behind that, and obviously they heard the story. And they actually depicted in the movie, but you wouldn't know it unless you know the story. But the story is Elvis, uh, I believe it was his jeweler, believe it or not, actually sold him these. But Elvis went to this uh, the sales clerk or whatever, this shop owner, let's say, and uh, said, I would like to get two mixers for my mama. I'm making a little extra money now. And I'd like to put one in each end of the kitchen so she doesn't have to walk so far. That's the story. How incredible is that? And that's a little story that's just a and they put that in, that's what see, that's about in the I, movie. I, I missed that see i knew that story but i missed that until you told me dude the, the you know the mixer bits in there and i mean well 
I've seen it four times, so I'm catching stuff every There's time. There's so much stuff, you know, and I yeah. think and so many people are going to see this movie more than once. It's amazing. You yeah, know? I think that's part of the success of it. Is yeah, it's got it. Elvis be, fans know? do things over and over and over again. So Yeah, do they? Yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they do. But that was how sweet Elvis was, you know? Yeah. That's just Let's very... just give her two. Let's make it easy on her, you know? Yeah, yeah. Got a little extra money now. Well, Mark, I had a great time once again, and uh, I'm so excited about this movie still, and so excited about Elvis, and it's just... Uh, we love it, man. We, we, we're glad there's new fans out there now and people are discovering this guy that we've known about for years. And it's our pleasure to uh, talk to you about the King of Rock and Roll right here at Memphis Flash. Sure is. I think this movie will give us our best chance to see more of the real thing. I think it will. Yeah. The demand. Exactly. And uh, Mark, I think uh, I'm going to go take a nap. I think I'm... Um, you look kind of beat. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of... I'm just going to retire. I think we, it was a lot today. We we did a lot. You you really dug deep for this one. Oh, you, man, you dug too, man. We were really, we were on, we were were on, on, we were on, man. This was good. I gave it two thumbs up. And no extra charge. No extra charge. Not at all. Until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side. side. Memphis Flash is written and produced by Brad Burkadall, Mark Schaefer, and Anna Burkadall. Original music written and performed by Brad Burkadall. Don't forget to visit Memphis Flash Podcast on Facebook and Instagram for special content related to this and other episodes. Have a topic you'd like us to cover or just want to say hi? Email us at memphisflashpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.